0: Hey everyone, Don here. Uh, welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Going to have a uh, quick episode today going over the rule changes for 2020, uh, whenever we are able to get that season going. Um, there are no significant changes this year. A lot of them are administrative or, or real minor uh, clarifications. Um, nothing like last year when we when we went to the uh, play, different play clock. Um, so let's jump right in. Um, The first one, and and these are are in mostly numerical order through the book, Um, the first one is that there's going to be a new rule that defines the team-designated representative for penalty decisions. So this kind of takes it, um, this allows a coach to take it out of the captain's hands, which is kind of the way that it happens in practice anyway. Um, Or when in practice, I mean in reality, I don't mean during practice. Um, The rule, what it reads is prior to the game, the head coach will notify the referee of the designated representative parentheses, coach or player who will make decisions regarding penalty acceptance or declination. So I know I, I haven't been a referee um, at the varsity level um, yet. So I, I, I can't speak directly to this, but I can speak to what I've seen. And what I see is that when we've got a penalty, usually the the referee will talk to the offended team. Sometimes it's the captain, sometimes it's the nearest one. Um, and will ask him and then both the referee and the player will look over at the coach for the decision. Um, so I think that's just makes it a little cleaner that we can go straight to the coach if the coach says so. Um, I don't, it is it, questionable to me what the purpose of captains are um, in, in a lot of sports. Uh, but this takes one responsibility off the captain and, and it's, it's probably the, the biggest responsibility that we ignore anyway. The last thing about this is the, the actual wording is 10-1-1, and let me, let me read that wording because I found it funny. Um, when a foul occurs during a live ball, the referee shall, at the end of the down, notify both captains. Again, I haven't been a referee. I, I know when I look to see a, a referee uh, administer a penalty, he's looking to the offended team captain. He doesn't call the offending team captain in very often. I'm sure it's happened, and I'm sure there are some referees who do it that way by the book. But <laughs> I, I just found it funny that that it, it's worded that way, because I know we don't do it that way currently. So that was that's that one. Um, that's going to be 144. And then it, it affects, um, it looks like it affects six other uh, rules as well. The second one is about halftime intermission on a weather delay. So I'll read it first. This is going to be a a new add to 316C exception. And what it says is the halftime intermission may be shortened by mutual agreement of opposing coaches. If a weather delay occurs during the last three minutes of the second period. So, it's easy to see what they're trying to do here. If we've, if we're playing a game and we get down to let, let's go the most extreme example. We got 10 seconds left on the second quarter clock lightning strikes nearby. We've got to stop the game. Okay. We go, we, let's say it's a two hour delay. We go, we come back, we start the game by rule. We're required to have at minimum a 10 minute halftime. So we come back, play one or two plays, and then we have to have 10 minutes of just nothing. Um, and, and that can be a, a, a problem. So this is one way of handling it. That's saying if it's during the last three minutes of the second period, then the coaches can agree on shortening halftime. Um, makes sense. Uh, doesn't seem to really be in the way of safety. So uh, this one's fairly easy. The next one is a clarification on the 40-second play clock. And this is really a way of keeping the defense from manipulating the clock a little. So what it says is, To eliminate a potential timing advantage gained by the defensive team, the Rules Committee approved the play clock being set to 40 seconds when an official's timeout is taken for an injury to a defensive player or a defensive player has an equipment issue. So let's go through the scenario again, the defense is leading. We've got, we'll say 40 seconds to go, um, in the, in the game. Uh, I'm sorry. Defense is not leading. The defense is behind and we've got say 40 seconds to go is third down. Um, the offense isn't going to snap. What could happen is the defense could immediately say, oh, and, and, and fake an injury. And then we stop the clock, and then we're winding on 25 seconds. So this this clarifies um, and makes it less possible for the defense to gain an advantage. Uh, There's also a clarification to the 25-second clock. And and really, this is just a way of making clear what should have been happening anyway. Uh, What it says is, following a legal kick when either team is awarded a new series, the play clock will be set to 25 seconds. So it's not that this should have been happening anyway because it's with either team. So let's say we have a kickoff, uh, receiving team receives it, returns it, is tackled, no, no big deal. We would have had 25 second clock there because that was a change of possession. And that was one of the things that causes um, a 25 second uh, clock. Same on a punt. Normal punt, receiving team, returns at some distance, gets tackled, we would have had a 25-second clock. What this is clarifying is if there's a fumble during the return and the kicking team recovers it. Now we're going to be setting the clock to 25 on, on that scenario, whereas before there was no change of possession because K was the team in possession at the beginning of the down and K is the team in possession at the end of the down. So technically... We should have been running a 40-second clock the minute it was dead. This just makes it easier that, you know what, on all kicks, we're going to be starting on 25. Uh, And now, it's clear that says when either team is awarded a new series. So there may be one or two minor exceptions there. Maybe a kick on third down, things like that. Um, But for the most part, whenever there's a kick, afterwards we're going to go to the 25-second play clock. This here this one no the last one will be the the one called most but this one could be interesting to see how people deal with it now and this is 719 and this is disconcerting act and and the penalty's been reclassified so disconcerting act is is when uh, a player uses disconcerting acts or words prior to the snap in 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 either a way to Interfere with a signals or movements is, is kind of the way the rule reads. This is the the defensive lineman barking out signals that sound a lot like the the quarterback trying to get the offense to false start. This is the uh, linebacker who comes up last scrimmage and stamps his foot right in front of uh, the the face of the offensive lineman. It's it's things like that. And previously this was classified as an unsportsmanlike foul, um, and it was a 15-yard penalty. They're changing it to be just a disconcerting act foul and a five-yard penalty, and I believe the reason for this is they want this called more. Um, Officials were hesitant to call this when it was a 15-yard penalty, but now that it's a five-yard penalty, I think they want this called more. Um, That's the way I read this, and, and Uh, It certainly makes sense. So I'll I'll be real interested to see uh, what happens here. Um, This is going to be mostly in the hands of the umpire and the referee. Um, I don't see a whole lot of others getting involved in that. Uh, The final one is spiking the ball to conserve time. So the rule, actually, this is going to be 752E exception. And really this goes from, it used to have to be the I'm sorry. The um, the spike could not have been from a shotgun snap. Um, it could only be. I'm sorry. It could only be from a shotgun snap and an immediate spike down. This clarification has been expanded to include any player position directly behind the center. Um, and this this mean the, the the intent of this is to allow. Teams to spike the ball um, from shotgun, which f- to me makes sense. Um, you have some teams that never go under center. So you, what you're doing is you're forcing a team to do something that's not normal to them in order to, uh, in order to just meet some some ruling that doesn't make sense necessarily in today's game. So uh, this just makes it. Instead of being a direct hand-to-hand snap, it can be any player positioned directly behind center. Um, now, the same things apply. If you've got a fumbled snap and, and the running back picks up and spikes at the ground, that's not going to happen. Anything like that, because it's still going to be uh, immediately after receiving the snap. So, um, it didn't do anything except allow the shotgun spike in. Um, that's the, then at the end, we've got the points of emphasis for 2020 sportsmanship is one intentional grounding is another and ineligible downfield and line of scrimmage formation. So those are going to be uh, line of scrimmage officials. Those, those are kind of writing your, your bailiwick there, as well as the referee intentional grounding. Um, that's one that, that is an absolute, Crew decision. You got to come together and and bring all the pieces together. Ineligible line downfield. That's that's real interesting, especially in today's RPO world. Um, I'm going to be real interested to see what the points of emphasis are as far as do they want it called even tighter? Because in an RPO world, do they want that called tighter, or do they just want it called correctly um, with with all the meanings of that and we'll actually dive into that in a separate episode especially because i believe that that needs its own um discussion so those are the 2020 changes um there are editorial changes you know wording things like that but they don't list exactly what those are um we'll have to wait for the rule book to come out to see those um other than that everybody stay safe there are a numerous number of various officials associations putting on webinars um, and and opening them to the public recording them and opening them to the public um, this is this is not this has not been a, a great time for everyone to have to spend during during this virus but when life hands you lemons, it's time to make some lemonade. And, and the way to make some lemonade as, as football officials is to get better at our craft. The number of resources out there is significantly better than, than five years ago when I started. Um, so, so this is the time to, to get on the computer, um, get on the podcast player, listen to, listen to podcasts, listen to videos. Um, get on a webinar and participate with other associations. Best thing about participating with other associations is that you hear different perspectives than your own association's perspective, which can open your eyes to a lot of things. It it certainly has for me. So um, that's it for for today. Everybody, please stay safe and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group Friday Night Strikes or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Strikes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluarty, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.